From the Carter Subaru Studios, this is Cairo Nights with Jake Skorheim. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, Jake Skorheim. Thank you guys so much for choosing to listen to us. There's just like a lot of other options for you guys. A ton of other things that you could be doing, but you choose to spend it with us. And you're doing it very good numbers because our ratings are fantastic. That's thanks to you guys. Thank you so much. All right, joining us now is Lisa Brooks. Lisa, welcome to the show. I thank the listeners as well. We are so appreciative. Isn't it nice? Yes. It's really nice to just, you know, to be the top dogs. It feels really good. And geez, Louise, folks, it took you five and a half months to get us here. Come on. Uh, let's get a little faster next time. Matt, welcome back. You're here. I don't know. Yeah, I'm here back. all the time. It's yeah. good to be here anyway. <laughs> all right. So uh, did you hear any of our conversation with uh, Suzanne Monson? I did. Yeah. Isn't, that, isn't it great? It's so good to hear Suzanne's voice again. Isn't and she a great communicator? Yes. I can't imagine what that day was like for her and to have the presence of mind to do CPR on Dory. It's just yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. And her, her story is amazing. Uh, we're going to play it in its entirety. An hour from now, we only played just a small portion of it. It's uh, it's about 20 minutes uh, in total. We only played about five for you there. So if you get a chance, tune back in at 9 o'clock. It's great. All right, um, let's get into the news roundup. Before we get into the news roundup, I'm going to play you a trivia clip, as we do every night. Many of you have guessed this on the text line. Many have tried. A good portion of you succeeded. And it's Valentine's Day themed, Lisa. Ooh, okay. It is a romance movie. <gasps> oh, because you asked for one. A rom-com. And, well, I don't know if it's a rom-com, okay. but it's a romance movie. All right, I'm going to give this to you. You get a chance to guess, Lisa, live with the audience. Ready? Mm-hmm. Here we go. Why didn't you write me? Why? It wasn't over for me. I waited for you for seven years. And now it's too late. I wrote you 365 letters. I wrote you every day for a year. You broke me? Yes. It wasn't over. It still isn't over. And they're kissing. Do you know what movie that's from? I think. Yeah. I think it's The Notebook. Yeah, you got it. Oh, good. Yeah, nice. you got it. Uh, based on a very popular book and. Is everybody's favorite movie, like everybody's favorite romantic movie. I have to watch it again. I've only seen it when it first came out. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. And there's the music to it is great. Uh, That song, I'll Be Seeing You, which is like kind of haunting, you know, when you really put into context what the story's about. I don't don't want to spoil it for anybody, but I'll be, you know that song? From World War II. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, that really gets you. Every time I hear that song now, I look at my wife and I'm just like, no book. And she's like, "Uh Mm uh-huh. Um. Do you guys know who was originally? So that was Rachel McAdams and Ryan Gosling Gosling in that movie. Thank you. So do you know who was originally considered for Rachel McAdams' part? No. And they they actually tested her with Ryan Gosling for the part. They did a screen test and everything, which is like pretty far down the road Mm -hmm. to getting a movie. Britney Spears. Really? Yeah. Early 2000s. She was super popular at the time. It would have actually on paper made really perfect sense. She also, and maybe this is one of the reasons they chose not to, but she was on the Mickey Mouse Club with Ryan Reynolds. Oh, no, Ryan no. Uh, Gosling. Gosling, sorry. Right. The two of them were on Mickey Mouse Club yeah. together when they were kids. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yes, I. well, I remember, you remember reading about it. Reading about it. You didn't yeah. watch Mickey Mouse Club. I was Club way too were, old for that. Yeah, I watched it. I watched MMC. Um, did, you watch the, did you watch Mickey Mouse Club at any point in your life? I probably saw reruns of the one that ran in the 1950s when I was Annette a, a Funicello. kid. Annette Funicello. Annette Funicello and... and 
I want to say Frankie Avalon, but I don't think he was a Mouseketeer. He was in Somebody. movies with her later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cubby and whoever the, I forget, but I remember seeing, you know, reruns yeah. of those. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I used to love Mickey Mouse Club. But anyway, so Britney Spears was almost in that movie, but they decided to That's go in another direction. And obviously they made the right choice because that did movie did pretty well. Pretty, pretty well. All right, let's get to it. Uh, let's see, in Seattle's morning, oh no, in uh, News Roundup, every single day we like to look back on all the other shows, see what they were talking about. On Seattle's Morning News, G. Scott gave a little Valentine's advice. Let's see what his advice is. Number one, don't ignore today. Number two, no last-minute planning. Sully, it makes life hard for you. It brings added stress that you don't... I'm going to pause it right there. I've already uh, missed number one and number two. You don't need in your life. So that means no going on the side of the road and getting the balloons and the chocolate. They know when yeah. you just showed up and it was last minute. Number three, bingo, don't give the generic gift. Whatever it is, and you know what generic is, it's subjective. Whatever that is, don't do it. Okay. Number four, don't overspend. One of the things I think that happens is, is people think that the more that you spend on this day, the more, the, the better the celebration is going to be. I don't suggest that. Stay within your budget. That way you aren't mad. Some of us right now are mad at Valentine's Day because Valentine's Day didn't go like we thought and we spent too much money. Don't forget to express the appreciation. Yeah. So whatever you do today. Whatever, whatever your plans are, make sure you make it a point to express appreciation. Don't brag too much and don't be boastful. Be mindful that there are people. That- These are a lot. Um, it would be hard to be his kids. <laughs> you know? That's yeah, a lot I, of expectation. That's a lot of expectation. I, uh, I, my wife and I told you guys this yesterday. We don't, we don't observe the holiday. Yeah. We really don't. We say, I'll say Valentine, Happy Valentine's Day to her. We put some candy out for the kids this morning. Mm-hmm. You know, we did kind of a fun thing for them. We get the kids little candies, and that just blows their mind that they get candy in the morning because we don't like to give our kids a lot of candy yeah. before breakfast generally. So the fact that they got to eat some suckers and to eat a bunch of those uh, little heart boxes and stuff. Very excited. Um, Matt, did you do anything special or uh, well, do you not want to? I can't wanna... really talk about you it. You can't really talk about it. My girlfriend listens to the show. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Uh, all right. So, Lisa, are there any are there any Valentine's traditions that you cannot stand? Valentine's tradition? There was one when I was a kid. Um, in schools, we didn't have the rule that you had to give a Valentine to everybody. Oh, yeah. You only had to give That's Valentines to people. Yes, a it's lot of every us. Kid. We yeah. had that rule in my school, yeah. everybody. Yeah. Even the kids that hated you the rest yeah. of the year. That was so awkward. Yeah, we, well, we didn't. And so there were always, they would make these envelopes, fancy envelopes you put at the end of your desk. We didn't have that in my school hand either. Them around and you know, so some kids would get, you know, maybe one or two Valentines and Ugh. some would get like 20. You know, when you're a kid, you don't really think about that. But now that I'm a parent, I think about my kid not getting any Valentines yeah. or maybe just one. And I would just like, oh, I would feel so bad for that yeah. kid. Yeah. No, I'm really glad that schools ask like Charlie to. Brown. I got a rock. Exactly. Is that what he got? Yeah. I didn't remember that. For Halloween, for sure. For Halloween, right? yeah. um, all right. G and Ursula Washington mortuaries are getting crowded. Uh, for some families, it's because of finances. Let's listen to this one. Mortuaries around Washington are now running out of room. Gee, 
Funeral home operators are asking state lawmakers to change the law that requires mortuaries to keep unclaimed bodies in coolers for at least 90 days. And I'm sorry, as morbid as that sounds, the reality is that for more families, they're struggling to pay their bills. Uh, Corey Gaffney owns a funeral home in Tacoma, and he tells King 5 News some families are just choosing not to claim their loved ones after they die. Families look at us and say, I can't, I can't afford this, you know, and we go, Okay, well, you know, let us see what we can do in terms of helping you make different decisions. And some families, unfortunately, say, no, 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 you don't understand. I I can't afford any of it. My reminder, just having gone through all of this a lot in in 2023, here's just a reminder. If you are in any kind of position to prepay, it's so morbid and you don't even want to think of anything. It's not bad luck to have this planning done. It doesn't mean you think you're going to die tomorrow or anything like that. If you have the ability to plan where it is, like how, how it is that you're like, I've talked about this. How are you going to die? Mm-hmm. I mean, a, a, in terms of as in, are you going to be cremated? Are you going to be buried? If so, you know, can you make those payments? Can you buy... You can do payments in installments to buy your burial plot. Right. You know, that's a really, uh, that is a really nice thing to do. It's really nice to just take some of the pressure off of your family who are already going to be, you know, they're going to want to spend that time thinking about how much they loved you and not thinking about necessarily, you know, how are you going to figure out how to pay for this? Yeah. You know, both of my parents have passed. Both of my parents did this. My father chose to go with, it's called the Neptune Society and Hmm. they cremate you and then they um, have a ceremony and they dump your ashes in the sea. Oh, cool. They take them out on a ship and yeah. and he loved to travel by ship. So that was really important for him. My mother donated her body to, to science, to Penn State University's oh, Medical really? Center. And so after she passed, she had already made arrangements. They picked up her body. They, you know, we gave it to medical students for a while. And then when they were done, they cremated it and sent the cremains to the family. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, have you seen, there's like new programs where people can send your ashes to space. Yeah. Have you seen that? Yeah. I think Scotty, right, from the original Star Trek, he had his, uh, didn't he have yeah, his ashes so, yeah. sent into space on one of these things? Huh. Would you ever do something like that? Are you interested at all in sending your remains to space, Matt? Oh, no. Uh, mine are going to go to Scotland to be scattered off the cliff. Oh, that's right. Yes. That's right. The uh, uh, your, your ancestral home. Indeed. Lisa, would you ever have your ashes sent to space? I don't think so. No. I mean, I don't care it's that much. It's a lot of extra money, right? <laughs> just, just, you know. And what do you care at that point? Yeah, you yeah. know. I can enjoy space. Yeah, I, I'm intrigued. I'm dead. What do I care? Well, I'm intrigued by these new plans that will compost you and put you, you know, you become those a tree. Are, those are strange. I actually yeah. don't know how I feel about those. I've heard ads for those. Yeah. Where they're like, hey, do you want to become a tree? Do you want to become... Uh, like the ad talks about how it says, oh, my uh, my father wanted to be a oak that would shade his grandchildren to play beneath him. Kind of neat. So do they put the person, they turn the person into soil and then they plant the soil beneath the tree because it takes like a hundred years to grow oak. Like your kids are going to be long and gone by the time that tree is a full tree. That's a good point. So maybe he can't be an oak, but maybe he could be Well, maybe what they're saying sapling. is you make him into... The soil, yeah. and then the soil nutrients get worked up into the tree, and then just like mentally, you can make the yeah. decision to yourself. They're like, oh, that soil probably has been. Su-. I don't actually don't know science or botany, so I don't know how any of this stuff works. 
Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. It just kind of works out. Ashes to go. ashes was a good David Bowie song. And it's Ash Wednesday. Isn't that amazing? Ooh, how nice. Brought it all the, way, all, all the way around. All right, Jack and Spike, UW has a new program to help counter depression in older adults. Very interesting. Some folks have difficulty even working on themselves, let alone interacting with other people. The study that's in the Seattle, mentioned the Seattle Times, a story about the, the seniors and uh, a program that's helping seniors over 60 who are dealing with depression more so than ever in our lifetime. Between the pandemic and the economic struggles, the fact that we're living longer, we have parents that are still alive sure. in our 60s. It's called Do More, Feel Better. Yeah, that's the, the program. And it's basically, the, and, and it's a psychological study being done by the University of Washington saying that. Well, let's break it down a little bit. You have a counselor or a series of counselors and they check in with you and they see how much activity that you're doing throughout right. the day, basically. Right. And, and no activity leads to greater depression. It's a, it's a vicious cycle. Right. People need to break out of. Right. And all too often, I think that people try to, they convince themselves if I eat all this food or if I just sit right. around all day, then I, that's going to make me feel better. But isolating with and withdrawing is what your buddy wants you to do. That's, he wants you to be alone exactly. with him, right? So you guys can just hang out all day, play Modern Warfare, not go to work, just play video games. But you got to say, no, dude, nope, no, not, not, today. not today, my <laughs> friend. So this is a good program. It's it's a nine-week program. Coaches, they, they help their clients uh, create a game plan for how they go about their day. Uh, you know, I, I know some people who... They've tried everything, and the one thing that really worked for them was having a plan that they implement when they are feeling emotionally unwell. Uh, depression and depression's a really interesting thing. Like it's really interesting to me. I, I know it just can hit anybody, you know. And I know some very, very successful people. And you would think that okay, well, when you have a lot of money or you have a lot of power or whatever it is that you have a lot of that other people kind of look at and go, oh, if I only had that, then I would be happy. That's just not the case. And you can be depressed in any situation in life. You know, I mean, it could be from the result of, I, I, I just, it's, it, it's interesting to me. You've been depressed, haven't you? Have I? Yeah. Have you ever been? Uh, I mean, I've been sad about things from mm -hmm. time to time, but like, uh, never you know, like, immobile or not anything actual like that. clinical depression. Yeah. No, no, okay. that's not. So, I'm, I feel very fortunate. That's not something okay. that's been an issue for me. I yeah. hope it never happens for you. I, I hope it hasn't yeah. too. Have yeah. you? Have either of you? Do, do you care to talk about it? I don't need to put you on the spot, but has it, has yeah. it ever been something? Absolutely, you've dealt with? absolutely. Yeah. And and I, you know, I, I had a bunch of losses that happened relatively recently, and. Had to make some changes, and I must say, adding my new puppy Quincy has made an enormous difference. Yes, right. Because uh, I lost my dog Motley in October. I remember. And circumstances changes changed, and I moved to a new apartment, and now I have Quincy, and it's like not, somebody flipped a switch. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. Well, not that I was like re super super depressed. But no, it but it's like you things. you have opened up your heart to something yeah. new, and you have this new like cute little dog in your life, yes. and that makes a big difference. It does. Yeah. No, I think that's it's so important. Also talking with people, like a thing that I've found, and I'm trying to I'm trying to remember what the actual stat was, but it basically says that uh like I get really excited. Like I play cards with uh this group of guys. It's pretty few and far between. It's like it's pretty rare that we get together to play cards. It's actually like probably ends up working out to be like once every couple of months that we could all get our schedules to work together because there's about twelve of us who play. Wow. But on the night when we're playing cards, like the days leading up to and then the night of the cards where I'm like, I'm like leaving the house. I'm like, all right, bye, honey. Bye, kids. Have a good night. I'm heading off to play cards with my friends. I'm like, I have a skip in my step, like a, like an, like an actual, I'm excited, you know, because there is this special thing that happens when you get to go and meet up with your friends, 
especially people who you've known for a really long time, who you have like really close relationships with. So you don't have to sit there and like, you know, do all the, oh, well, what's life look like now? And you just these shorthand conversations. It's just so easy yeah. with people, you know? And it like, I, I, I think the stat that I read was meeting up with friends semi-regularly is the same as receiving a promotion at work, mm. like on your, on your scale of dopamine highs. Oh. It like it's like getting a ten thousand dollar raise at work. Wow. Or something yeah, but like my that. friends don't give me money. <laughs> well, your friend, yes, that's true. But they're not really your friends. But well, if work were to give you a raise, or you got to go play cards and lose money to your friends, which would you rather do? I'd be at work getting the raise. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> you're probably right. All right, uh, John and Sherry. Do we have time for John and Sherry's clip? All right, John and Sherry, political action committee. Had an RFK Jr. ad. He's now had to apologize for it. This is very weird. The com- another commercial that ran on the Super Bowl. Didn't RFK Jr. know about this particular ad? It doesn't make any sense. It was done by a pack, a super pack, but you figure they would have run it by him, right? Well, I don't a- know. It's That's what's sort of curious about this. He's claiming that he had no knowledge of it or he's saying that, you know, there, there really wasn't anything that he could do about it because you're not allowed to get involved with a, with a super PAC. You're not allowed, the candidate's yeah. not allowed to be involved with it. Um, but I think it was his cousin, um, was it Bobby Shriver, or some, one of them, really had a problem with it and said, our family would never agree with the sort of health uh, statements that he's come out with, like not vaccinating and things like that. So he wanted to defend that or wanted to, I guess, say he was sorry. Um and he said, I'm so sorry if the Super Bowl advertisement caused anyone in my family pain. Uh-huh. He said the ad was created and aired by an American Values Super PAC without any involvement or approval from my campaign. FEC hmm. rules prohibit Super PACs from consulting with me or my staff. I love you all. God bless you. Uh, what's interesting about this, too, is that Bobby Shriver, who is Robert F. Kennedy's cousin, he complained about this to Robert F. Kennedy. We talked a little bit about this on the show the other day. Just think about this, this, the 10 degrees of separation or whatever it is, the six degrees of Kevin Bacon of this. So Bobby Shriver is upset about his cousin's ad, but then also his former brother-in-law, because Bobby Shriver and Maria Shriver are brother and sister, his former brother-in-law had a very big ad for State Farm, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Bobby Shriver's nephew, Chris Pratt, had an ad for Mr. Pringle, right? Or the uh, Pringle, Pringles, not Mr. Yeah. Pringle, for wow. Pringles. That funny? That's wild. It's like one guy has all these family members with commercials at the Super Bowl. Amazing. The Kennedy family. Wow. Man, they got it pretty good. The I ad, didn't see the to, ad. To, to be fair to the ad, it was one of the most eye-catching and attention-grabbing ads. It was a ads. great ad. What was it? I didn't see it. It was just RFK Jr.'s presidential it was, ad. It was recycling. Wasn't it an old JFK ad that he put his face into? So Yeah, they reworked some old stuff, yeah. but it was it was... Very much in like the 1960s, you know, heyday of the Kennedys esque. Oh. Uh, it was and it was very effective. It was very good. Caught people's attention. Look, it didn't look like anything on TV right now. So you're just like forced to look at it. Really good. All right. Um, thank you guys. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Matt. Welcome. We have coming up next the council. What is the council? You're gonna have to stick around and find out. It's pretty good. We're gonna be right back here on Cairo Nights. You're listening to Cairo Nights with Jake Scora. Welcome back to Cairo Nights. I'm going to try to do segments tonight. There's a lot of things that I just can't solve on my own. I don't tell my kids this, but I just make a lot of stuff up. And so when I really want to get to the bottom of something, when I really want to know what the right answer is, I need to bring in 
the council. Hark, adventurers of the airwaves, a gathering of voices awaits because an idiot with a plan can defeat a genius without one. Welcome to the council. And on this very first episode of the council, I decided to grab a couple of guys. I'm not going to call them idiots. They're just nice guys. Oh, thanks. I, I like them. <laughs> uh, they're good friends. James Lynch, Cairo News Radio reporter. James, welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. Thank you. And I have here Nate, the great Connors, who you know uh, comes on the show all the time as well. Nate, welcome. Hello. Great to be here. Thank you for having us on the first ever council. Yes. This is the council. Uh, what do you guys think of this idea? Do you think it's a good one? I love it. Right, let's, we can, like, let's see how it goes. We can solve all these problems mm-hmm. that other people just couldn't even possibly hope to solve because we have the three. It's like three the heads, brain, it's the three brain heads trust. are better than one. Three Absolutely. heads are better than one. That's it's the three better. stooges. Golly. <laughs> Both of those are better than uh, the count. Uh, we'll just keep calling the count. I already have the, I've already got the imaging done for the council. Three three heads is actually a little stronger than that, though. Um, all right. So today I wanted to talk about, because it is Valentine's Day today, I want to talk with you guys about Valentine's Day. Do you guys know the history of Valentine's Day? Do you care about the history of Valentine's Day? No. I care. You No, you don't. You're lying. No, I really do, because I don't know it. I probably should. Well, okay. Well, I can't actually give you the full history of Valentine's Day. <laughs> but what I can give you... I can give you the history of why people give box chocolates. Okay. Would you like to know that? Yeah. All right. So in 1868, the British chocolate company, you guys may have heard of them. They're called Cadbury. They make oh, yeah. a nice little egg. Uh, created something they called fancy boxes, which was a decorated box of chocolates. It was in the shape of a heart, and they used it as a marketing promotion for Valentine's Day. Boxes of filled chocolates quickly became associated with the holiday in the second half of the 20th century, and the practice of exchanging cards was extended to all manner of gifts, including jewelry, which, again, I just feel... I don't want to dog on Valentine's Day too much, but I, I don't have a really warm place in my heart for it. How do you guys mm. feel about Valentine's Day? No, I don't either. You don't want James. You don't want to get <laughs> no, James started. doesn't have a good space in my heart. It's Valentine's Day every day for me. Because oh. you're just like a... Just a huge romantic. Well, right? you know, I talked to I talked to my girl Marianne about it, and I said, you know, what do what do what do we what are we thinking uh, for Valentine's Day? Because you have to ease into that. Conversation. Yeah, everybody has that same conversation. What's, it, what's it, the expectation this year? Exactly, and you know, we kind of agree that we do have Valentine's Day every day. We don't wait for one day. We show each other that we love each other. We tell each other uh, every day. So every day is Valentine's Day, and I've just got a problem with this being a multi multi billion dollar a corporate campaign. James, I'm sorry, uh, Nate, how do you feel about it? I'm not quite that down about it as James is, but uh, I see I see the point. It is, uh, you, you know, you get out there, you spend a lot of money. When you, what's, you know, m- my wife, I could spend $10 or $500. It doesn't matter to her, right? Yeah, it's not, it's not she the loves dollar. you. Exactly. It's all yes. about loving your heart. And uh, so that's, a, that's where we're at, you know? Here's a question for you guys. Yeah. This is not, I'm not trying to dog on anybody in my life at all. Do you guys find that you are extending more effort on Valentine's Day than your significant others? Yes. James, I, I to probably you. worry more about it. My position is pretty sound on it. But, you know, with each relationship, if you're not married, you go into a new relationship and, and different people feel differently about the holiday. And I'm okay yeah. with that if, if a woman uh, – really loves uh, Valentine's Day, if it's She's her favorite, ho- then yeah. I, I can be super into it as yeah. well. Well, again, you you know, you're a, you're a giver. You're a pleaser. Now, am I right or wrong about this? I feel like guys genuinely uh, spend more money than women well, on yeah. Valentine's Day, yeah. right? No, I think that's just, yeah. I think so that's, with that alone, that's, is, my, is that's my experience. Yeah. yeah, me too. So that, that brings stress. 
Because especially when you're first dating, you know, you want to impress. Speaking of first dating, yeah. so this is why I have a, this is why I'm not a huge fan of Valentine's Day. So when my wife and I first started dating, it was in the, uh, you know, the Christmas season holiday when we had our first dates. And then right around the corner comes February, which is Valentine's Day. Everybody starts advertising Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day. It's mm. like Christmas basically, like New Year's ends and they just take out the Christmas stuff and they shove Valentine's Day stuff in mm -hmm. its place. Because that's how marketing works, right? They just like everything is about Valentine's Day, and then after Valentine's Day ends, what's the next one? It's probably St. Patrick's. Patrick's. Yeah, everything goes from red to green. Absolutely. So uh, my wife and I, she was my girlfriend at the time. We were two and a half months into dating, just still very, very early, and then Valentine's Day starts like sneaking uh, up on us, you know, like a thief mm. in the night. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, well, what's the expectation here? Does she expect me to go big? Is it should we just like have something kind of low key? I had no idea, and it's too early in the relationship to have any kind of a real, real conversation. I mean, I don't know okay. how you guys. I was going to ask you did you ha did you talk to her about this? No, of course, it's of course just not. in your pocket. The balls in your pocket. The balls in my court. yeah, and you yeah. got and you got to take care of this. And on I've your got own. to impress. Yes, and I thought, okay, I'm going to dress to impress too, which is so stupid. So what I did was I made plans to go somewhere, and little did I know that she's not a Valentine's Day fan either. I should have asked. So I guess the whole point of this conversation is communicate. But anyway, um, I get it in my head. I'm going to like look really nice and just like look great. So I go to Macy's, which is where all people go to look great. Absolutely. I, I go to Macy's and I buy a jacket, like a nice, you know, like a dinner coat, vesty, not vest. Uh, oh, what is okay. it? What is a uh, um, sport coat? There we go. A sport coat. I'm thinking like. You didn't go leather jacket, huh? No, eh, I'm not really a leather jacket okay. guy. Yeah, no, it's it's not a good look on me. Um, <laughs> but anyway, people can tell I'm faking when I put a leather jacket on. They instantly <laughs> just random people will see me go like, "That's eh, not for you." <laughs> but so I go to the I go to Macy's and I buy this. I don't know why I got talked into this, but my eye catches something. And I'm like, "Yeah, everybody wears a dark jacket, right?" But me, I'm gonna wear something kind of lighter. And so what I end up with is a tan uh, corduroy. Jacket. It's I about like three, it. I three like sizes, it. No, you don't like it. Oh. It's very bad. It's about three sizes too big. It doesn't fit. As you guys can see, my skin is pasty white. It's almost translucent. So a tan <laughs> jacket with blonde hair with pasty white skin, I look like a psychopath oh, no. when I show up to my wife's door at the time. And I'm like, hey, I'm going to date you. I'm going out, for, going out for dinner. So we go out. It's not a great night because, again, she doesn't know what the expectations are either. Mm -hmm. And she's thinking that I have high expectations. I'm thinking that she needs me to, like, basically, like, show her the entire town. Yeah, roll the red carpet out, Roll everything. the red carpet yeah. out. Clearly, she can tell I'm making an effort because I'm in a corduroy jacket. Yeah. <laughs> and so we end up just having a horrible time. So we No, end up, what? Yeah, it was horrible. But it but all worked out. It all yeah, worked yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. Did I mention she's pregnant with our fourth kid? Hello. Like, clearly, I know how it works. Uh, so we end up getting back to her apartment. We're standing in front of her door and I'm just like, all right. Like, and I'm thinking in my head, this date went so poorly yeah. that this is going to be, could this be the end of our relationship? Like I've had other relationship and for way worse, way, way less things than that. And so it was just a bad night. And she kind of looks at me and she goes, that was a really bad date, huh? And oh, I was really? Like, and, she, and she was just like, why? What, what, what went wrong? It just was bad. Conversation yeah. conversation was forced. Yeah, okay. Just trying too hard. Just trying too hard. Yeah. Kids these days would call it thirsty. I thirsty. was real thirsty. Okay. And I'm at the restaurant. I'm trying to make conversation. I'm trying to look like, I don't know what I was trying to look like. I'm worried that people are looking at me because of my weird jacket. Every other person at every table at the restaurant is also having awkward conversations because it's <laughs> right. Valentine's Day. It's just like a general uncomfortable feeling uh. going on. So we get back and she goes, that was a really bad date, huh? And I said, yes. Uh, I'm really sorry about that. She goes, no. And so we end up having our first real 
conversation okay. because of Valentine's Day. Ah. So kind of a Valentine's Day miracle. In the end, we both decided, why don't we going forward? And this was how long we've we been married now? Almost 13. We've been married almost 13 years. And uh, let's see, we were dating for two or three years before we got married. So this is 16 years together almost. Wow. So for 16 years, we just ignore it. God, you guys were like 14 when you started dating, man. No, no, no. no. I, I look very young, but I'm okay. very young. I'm, like, I'm, I'm older than you, Nate. Uh, so Valentine's Day is not something that we love in my house. Okay. Do you guys right. have any similar stories, or is Valentine's Day just kind of a wash for you? You know what? I just uh, I, I usually try to make sure, until I was married, I always tried to make sure I was single during Valentine's Day to Smart. avoid all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. It's, uh, it's, well, it's, Christmas is when I would try to make sure, you know, end a relationship. It's def- It's the Fisher right cut bait time. You're yeah, totally before right. Christmas. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Or uh, get off the pot time. Absolutely. absolutely. And then you save a bunch of money. Zero stress. Yes. And then, uh, then when St. Patty's comes, you know, you go to the, the St. Patty's party. Go to the bar and, that's and you meet your wife. Yes, yeah, it. <laughs> am I right or am I right, James? James, you are. You are. You are right, sir. Good. <laughs> good. Good. Well, guys, I think this was a really successful first version of the council. I I'd think give it gonna, a C. Would you give it a C? James, yeah. what would you give I'd this? I'd give it a B plus. you okay. give it a B plus. But it all just, as you said, it all just comes down to communication. You yeah. talk. I, I would rather we cook at home than go out to any restaurant in Seattle. It's more personable. It's more cozy. It yes. just means more to me than sitting out in a restaurant with a bunch of other people that are trying to impress as sitting well. next to some dummy in a corduroy jacket yeah, yeah i would have loved to have been sitting next to you though no you now that's a conversation for everyone else in the restaurant they're talking about you they're looking at that guy. right look at this psychopath <laughs> over there. that girl is not gonna marry him right. they are not gonna have four that kids ends, that ends tonight <laughs> it's a story of persistence that's what it is all right for james lynch nate connors and me your host jake scoreheim this has been the council You're listening to Cairo Nights with Jake Scorheim. Welcome back to the show. I'm Jake Scorheim. All right, I was just reading about this in the New York Times. I don't spend a lot of time reading the New York Times, but one of the sites that I check highlighted this, and so I followed it through to the Times, and I saw this. But I thought this was kind of funny. Uh, have you guys ever heard of a thing called Boy Sober? There is, this is how the New York Times article starts. It says, she's not celibate, she's Boy Sober. The comedian Hope Woodward is spreading the word about her year-long break from sex and dating. One fan calls it this year's hottest mental health craze. A flock of mostly 20-somethings, no kidding, uh, gathered on Tuesday night in a chapel-like building in Brooklyn to hear about a subject that has been a hot topic in religious spaces for centuries, celibacy. Except no one was using that term. Instead, they were calling it boy sober. I hate the word celibacy, said the host of the event, Hope Woodward, a comedian and storyteller who grew up in the Church of Christ in rural Tennessee. Mrs. Woodward, or Miss Woodward, who lives in Brooklyn, described herself as sex positive. Then the article continues. But yeah, they're not calling it celibacy. They're calling it boy sober, which I guess is just a more clever way of saying celibacy. Um, Why is this always happening? Why do they always have to come up with catchy names for things that are mundane that everybody else does? Do you guys remember? People like us to talk about it. I guess, maybe, yeah. I guess you're right. Uh, do you guys remember hot girl walks? Do you remember that? So that's just walking. Like the rest of us just call that walking. And now boy sober, again, just celibacy. But it did remind me of this clip from The Office. And every chance I have to play a clip from The Office, I take it. What is wrong with these people? They have no willpower. I went 
I once went 28 years without having sex. And then again for seven years. <laughs> That's just the funniest show. It remains the funniest show. It will never be topped in my book. Although... I think the show is already being so dated. I don't even know if young people know what The Office is. As crazy as that sounds to me, the young people don't know what Office is. Put clips out on TikTok. They'll discover it. Yeah, you're right. And that clip was from TikTok. All right. Uh, really quick. This is kind of sad news, but I wanted to mention him on the show. The inventor of Pop-Tarts passed away late, uh, late last week. Kellogg's Pop-Tarts. Eat them in the morning. Eat them in the evening. Kellogg's Pop-Tarts. Loads of flavors for big and little shavers. Kellogg's Pop-Tarts. Try chocolate fudge. Chocolate vanilla cream too. Creamy frosting, both brand new. Try the ones with fruit inside. Real fruit filling, that's Kellogg's pride. Kellogg's Pop-Tarts. The ones with more. So I had no idea the Pop-Tarts went back to the 1960s. I assumed, as all children do, that the world completely revolves around them and didn't start until I was born. I just assumed in the 1990s that they came up with Pop-Tarts, and that's when they were from. But no, they were invented in the 1960s. They were invented by a guy named William Bill Post, and he was a plant manager at the Keebler plant in Grand Rapids, uh, I'm sorry, Grand Rapids, in the early 1960s. Kellogg's uh, cereal company came to him at the time and they said, hey, we want to talk to you about trying to create some new type of breakfast food to be used in the toaster. And so he and his team put their heads together and they came up with an early version of what they were calling at the time fruit scones. The name eventually changed to Pop-Tarts because they're smart and they became an instant hit. It only took them about four months to develop that product, which has changed the way we eat breakfast. Jerry Seinfeld has a really funny Pop-Tart bit. Look that up if you get the time. We don't have time to talk about it here. We got to get to commercial break. We got a lot of stuff coming up next on the show. I'm going to play that entire interview with Suzanne Monson next. So stick around. You're not going to want to miss that. We're going to be right back here on Cairo Nights.